I feel that the Lord says that I need to preach the final part of the Real Relationship series. So if you're ready, i got a little recap for you. See, relationship is broken up into three parts. And, and one of the things I love about it is that God's been just exposing the English language and just relating it back to a spiritual aspect of it. And you look at it, and, and the word re actually is a prefix in the real relationship part, and it's talking about to go back or to revisit. Let me tell you right now, church, we have to go back to our source over and over and over again to keep getting our refilling. And that's one of the key things about a real relationship. It's about visiting. It's about being constantly connected. I can only imagine a marriage that's not going back to each other and saying, hey, honey, I love you. Do you love me? And, and they just live their own lives. It wouldn't be a relationship. It would not be a connection point. It would not be anything. But it has to have that motion. Then the next part is the lation. See, lation is the motion of a celestial object, i.e. is what I classified it as, God moving in us. The fact is that when God breathed upon us and he gave us a celestial part of himself within us as he made us in his image, it made an impact to show us the real source of why relationships even exist. And this week, I'm going to spoil it already. The suffix of ship. The state of being. Let me tell you right now, God has messed me up over the few weeks that I've been studying through this. But if you have your Bibles, I want you to go and turn to Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And if you don't have it, I'll pull it up in a minute. But I just want to tell you a little funny story. I grew up in a household where my stepfather wanted to get out and do stuff when he was off the road. He was a truck driver. And so what did he do? He bought a boat. And I said, okay. Well, anyway, we're out there. I'm trying to get up on skis, which a fat boy on tr trying to get on skis with big feet is not always the easiest thing. And we're going at it. We're going at it, trying to get the boat to get enough power to get me up and get me going. And it just never would come to fruition. And we're like, we don't understand this. There's, there's, this boat's got enough horsepower on the motor to get me up. Why is it not doing it? Well, anyway, I finally got fed up with it. I said, I'm done with this. I guess I'm just never going to get to ski. I never have skied ever on water. But another point. Well, anyway, we get into the boat, and then we're like, okay, we're all worn out. And the next thing I know is I hear, hey, there's water in the boat. We're like, yeah, that kind of happens. It's a boat, right? And my cousin who was with us in the boat, he says, no, no, it's coming up through the screws of the seats of the boat. And we're like, um, that's not supposed to happen. So my stepdad's looking around going, rah, 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 and he's trying to figure out what's going on. And then all of a sudden, he says, okay, I don't know what's going on, but this is not good. The sup pump's holding up enough. Let's just try to get back to the dock. Let's get back to the boat ramp to get the boat out of the water. Let me tell you right now, being 12 years old, looking around going, what is going on? Am I going to have to swim all the way back to the car, which is not a very close distance if you know anything about a, a lake called Caesars Creek in Ohio, it's just outside of Waynesville, Ohio, um, off of, what is it, it's Highway 73, so it's down near Cincinnati. It's a man-made lake. It's huge. It's, it's, it's all over, and we're on one side of the lake. The boat ramp is all the way on the other side of the lake, and we're going, okay, how are we going to get back to the, the, to the dock? So we're just going, okay, okay. Um, um, everybody just sit still. Don't do it. We're just going to go as fast as we can and hope the water just falls out of the boat. We're racing back. We're racing back. And somebody got the idea, hey, 
Why don't we put Stephen on the inner tube and let him get dragged behind so we take some weight out of the boat? I said, no! That'd be fun, but no. Are you calling me fat? Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, we get back to the boat ramp, and what we realize is we're trying to diagnose what happened to the boat. All the panic, all of my family going, we, we, we thought we were going to have to swim. We thought we were going to have to do it. Great, praise God. I got taught to swim in a lake with my grandpa throwing me in the lake without a life jacket and saying swim. But we got back and we realized the plug wasn't in the boat. Let me tell you, when it all seems like it's going to go to chaos, there's all kinds of emotions that are going to go, come across. And you're going to start realizing where the relationship with others really stands. So as we look at the text, I want you just to kind of think about that for a second. Inside the scripture, and it says, On that day at evening, Jesus said to his followers, Come with me across the lake. (coughs) Sorry. So they left the crowd behind and went with Jesus in the boat that he was already in. And there were also other boats that went with them. And a very bad wind um, came upon the lake, and the waves were coming over the sides of the boat until it was almost full of water. And Jesus said to the, Jesus was inside the boat sleeping with his head on a pillow, and his followers went and woke him up, and they said, Teacher, do you not care about us? We're going to drown. And Jesus stood up and gave them a command, or gave a command to the wind and the water, and he says, uh, Quiet and be still. And the wind stopped, and the lake became calm. Father God, Lord, you know where I'm going. You know everything that you've been speaking into my heart, Lord, for the last three weeks as I've been writing this sermon. But Lord, let it be able to come through coherently, clearly, and give me the strength and ability to articulate it like you need it to do so that it will fall on the ears and those that will hear this message, and let it be a beacon and a hope, Lord, for their lives. Lord, we praise you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. You see, I don't take lightly the fact that I can relate to this story because of my, what we called the boat was the SS Minnow. If you know anything about Gilligan's Island, you know where we came up with that one at. But we were, we, were, we were struggling to figure out how to get back, and we were really fearful about the impact that was going to come through every part of it. We deal with that every single day of our lives, do we not? Every day I wake up, there's always another storm that comes across my bow. Every day I wake up, I don't know what's going to hit me this day. Every day I wake up, I'm walking in uncertainty. And, 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 and I have to find a reassurance of why I could get up and stand strong and not bow down to the wind. Every day you have to do the same thing. But we always struggle with everything that comes upon us because of human nature. Human nature says, oh, this is blowing on me. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to bow down and give up. Oh, I don't want to deal with this one person over here. They're horrible. I'm just going to walk away from them forever. But that's not a real relationship. A real relationship is one that's rooted and grounded and able to withstand so much. But yet when we look at the scripture and what we find is the familiar story that I know most of us, if we've ever been in a church very long, have heard about how Jesus told his disciples, hey, let's go to the other side. Come on, get in the boat with me. Let's go over here. 
And then he goes and cozies up next to a pillow and lays down and all of a sudden the boat's almost filled but somehow Jesus is still dry and he's able to sleep with his head on a pillow and the disciples are going, we're going to die? Man, it reminds me of my story where where I'm going, I'm going to get cast out of the boat and I'm going to have to float and I'm going to have to deal with everybody else looking at me like he's the reason that the boat was sinking. Have you ever had somebody say, you're the reason why we're in a situation Yep, I know that we've all had those seasons and those moments. You're the reason why we are always going to have this or this or this. Better yet, on TikTok, yep, I know, I know. I spend way too much time on TikTok, but it gives me an insight on where the young people are at. And what I found was, there's this one where the, the husband, they're like, we want to get rid of the husband's all his stress, and it's the wife doing the video, and then all of a sudden the wife disappears. Like, she's the ability for all of his stress. No, that's not really what it is. It's life. It's everything. But what I'm getting at is we always have these reasons why we hold on and why we don't give up. You see, we have the turbulent waters and the rivers that will come upon us, but we have to find a hope and a reason for everything that we deal with. And what God was saying to me this week is a truth that we need to hold on to. We don't get into relationships haphazardly. We don't get into relationships with a willy-nilly. We don't just fall into them. No, relationships always start with an invitation for something. I didn't get married to my wife without the invitation on me on my knee, putting a ring, saying, honey, will you marry me? If I would have gone anything else like that, my marriage would not be able to withstand a lot of the stuff it deals with because I invited her into the relationship. How many of us are being invited into relationships, into into aspects that allow us to grow? You see, it always has to start with an invitation. In Mark chapter uh, 4, verse 35, Jesus started this invitation into the deeper relationship with him to understand who he was in a greater depth when he says, come with me. Across the lake. How many of us have started the friendships with someone without first being invited into it first? One where you started saying, hey, I want to get to know you. Let's go hang out. Let's go play video games. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. Let's go putt-putt. Let's go drive go-karts. Whatever it takes. You start learning people as an invitation grows. The church has got to realize that we are nothing but a body of Relationships. And those have to come through the interactions. I've had people come into the church, they walk through the doors, they sit back there in the back row, and they don't ever talk to anybody, and they wonder why nobody is ever looking at them or asking them how they're concerned, because they're not inviting them into a relationship with them. The church has got to be built on relationships. That's the only way that we can see the dynamic of what God's called us to be inside this church and outside. The same is true for dating and marriage. We have to be invited. The truth is, in John 3, 16, we know that there's an ultimate invitation from God for us to come into His family. When we look at it, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in Him should not perish, but shall have everlasting life. And then 17 continues on, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. And whoever is in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is already condemned, because he does not believe in the name of the only Son of Jesus, or of God. See, the truth is, 
We struggle with relationships because we get things mixed up, because we don't realize there's got to be an invitation. The state of being that the ship is inside of a relationship is always going to be rooted and founded in the original invitation. But yet we walk around saying, oh, I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. I was never this. I was never that. Because you didn't pick up the invitation and mark yes. Church, we got to start picking up the invitation and mark yes, because what we have to realize is that we're all on one big ship together. We are all in a ship on a journey together. We are all traveling down the streams of this life, holding on to dear life, saying, how can I get through this life? Mark chapter 4, verse 36, it says, went, uh, they went, in to Jesus, or went with Jesus in the boat that he was already in. Let me tell you right now, we have struggled through this life because we don't think that Jesus is going to get into our boat. But Jesus is really inviting us and all the relationships are into the boat he's in. Why do we go the other direction? Why do we say, God, I want you in my boat. I want you to go down this boat. I want you to fix myself. I want you to set this right. I want you to get the rudder just right like this. And you're really controlling God and telling him who he needs to be in your life when he's saying, no, I want everything that you are and everything that you have to get into this boat. Because my boat is going to float better. My boat's not going to sink like yours is in about five minutes. My boat's going to get you through the storm. My boat, I know every nook and cranny of it. But let me tell you right now, if you ever get on a boat, you better hope whoever owns that boat knows every nook and cranny of that boat. Like I said, my stepdad knew his boat. And he's like, I put the drain plug in the boat. I know it's not coming through the drain plug. Otherwise, it'll come in quicker than this. We didn't realize it until after we got out of the boat out of the, the water and onto, the, onto the, the, the trailer that we realized that the trailer had actually caused an indention and a hole in the bottom of the boat from where it sat for so long while my dad was on the road. You see, you better hope that he knows the boat. God knows his boat. He knows how he's going to ask you to go down the waters. He knows what he's calling you into. But yet, we struggle because we don't want to hold on to the state of being that God's called us to be. Something that God is trying to get us to understand deeper and hold on to. Because he's preparing us for what's up ahead. He knows the purpose that, and the keys and the things of life that we need to hold on to. And he's trying to say, I want to fix your eyes upon me. I want you to get invited into my boat. And I want you to get into it and understand that my state of being is far greater than the world will ever put into our, your hands. I look into the world today and like I said, I am so confused. It's like we gave an inch and they took a billion miles. We said, you do your thing, we'll do our thing. Okay, now you better, you better go in pride like me. You better do this and this and this like me. Otherwise, you're a hypocrite and a bigot and all this other stuff. No, we're walking in a truth, but we gave a little ground, and we have hold to hold on to the standard and the firm foundation that is rooted in Christ. The world doesn't understand that. We have struggled to understand that. And I think it's so interesting that when we look across the span of this world and we're so astounded to find people dealing with struggles. We look around in the world all around us and we find struggles. Struggles just like within the church too. You know, I'm just going to be open and transparent with everybody. Depression is in the church. 
heartaches in the church, confusions in the church, doubts in the church, and all these different things. And we wonder why the world looks like, the, like it does because there's a heart and a struggle in the church and we don't realize what we're dealing with because we're not really walking in the invitation of God as he's called us into his state of being. You know, we struggle with it. We struggle with the crippling anxiety. And when we look at other people and we're like, oh, wait, you got crippling anxiety like me? Let me tell you right now, I know more people in the church that have on, on, on antidepressants for a reason because they cannot cope and they've not been able to deal with it. And it's not anything that's wrong that they have to be on the medicine. It's just that God's using that to get them through seasons and situations. What I'm also found is people are struggling to hold on to their faith. Let me tell you right now, I've struggled to hold on to faith. Faith when everything was falling apart and I had to ask God, God, are you really real? I had to reassure my state of being with the foundation that I was invited into a boat with God down this journey of life that would hold me and resound me and keep me alive every single moment. Let me tell you, seven months with me trying to find a job was not an easy life. Where I didn't know where my next meal was coming from. Where I didn't know where the house payment was going to come from. Where I didn't know. But all I knew in those moments was God saying, stand still and hold on to me. That's what it's like getting into the boat with Christ. When we can hold on to it. When we know that he says, come on, get into the boat. Let's go across. Let's get going. Let's do what we need to. And we get into his boat. We have the reassurance that we will not sink. We have the reassurance that he's with us. Let me tell you, God's messed me up all week long with this. You see, Jesus didn't want us to climb into any old boat. He's calling us to climb into the one and only true boat, which is our true salvation and everything that we have. We don't have to keep holding on to things where we start struggling, where we can't go to God and we can't really be real with Him. I'm so tired of fake. I am so tired of fake. I got in the car this morning. And Julia, number two, she's looking at me going, what age do I get to wear makeup? And I said, where's this question coming from, honey? Well, Lydia wears makeup. I said, yeah. Why don't I get to wear makeup? And I go through this whole spiel. Honey, I understand you want to wear makeup. I'm not going to tell you you can't. I'm just going to tell you real and right now, I like people that are, are just, just regular, all natural. And she's like, Why? I said, you don't need to cover up your blemishes. You're beautiful just the way you are. I understand mommy goes and wears makeup every now and then, but I love mommy because she's not like other girls that I dated that wore makeup that, that, that almost like they had to wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning to coat up the, the foundation and everything. And I'm like, okay, what do you really look like is what I was asking. You see, I want real. God wants real. God wants to see all the issues that we deal with. He wants to see the pimples. He wants to see the, 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 the ingrown hairs. He wants to see it all because he wants to see you in your true state. You see, we always go, God, I got to come into church and I got to be all that in a bag of chips. I got to be perfect. I can't come in here saying, oh, I'm hurting. I can't come into the church and say, oh, I, I'm going to kill my husband because he just did this. Let me tell you right now, my wife comes into the church more times than not and already wants to kill me. Better yet, when she hears the sermon afterwards and she goes, okay, what did he say today? She wants to kill me. But she's real about it. She's not going to kill me. She loves me. Apparently, grace covers multiple of, of, of issues. <laughs> 
Babe, when you watch this later, I love you too. But what I'm saying is, God wants us to be real. That's why I love being, what is it? Uh, uh, oh, what, hot. Humble, open, and transparent. I have good days, bad days, and, and horrible days. Sometimes I have even more horrible days because I've got to deal with all these kids. Better yet, I've got to deal with people and all the struggles and the issues and everything like that. But I wouldn't trade it for the world because I love people. And it's just something that God's put in me. But he wants me to be real. He wants me to be true. That's why I come up here and I'm just like me. I don't care if it's anything else. One of these days you guys are going to realize, man, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Fire him right now. But I'm being real. The truth is, I have imperfections. The truth is, I struggle. And when I got into God's boat, he knew every bit of imperfections. Just like when you get into God's boat, he knows all the struggles that you're going to deal with. He knows it all. He knows that when the rubber meets the road or when the water starts coming over the sides of the boats, that you're going to have issues. Because we're all on this journey together. We have to understand that when storms arise, that we're just not called to be in the boat by ourselves. Let me say that again. We didn't get into the boat by ourselves. We got invited in the boat. But guess what? You weren't the only one with the invitation into the boat. Spoiler alert. You're not all that in a bag of chips. I don't know why that's even in my head. Apparently I need a pack of Doritos. But the truth is, we're all in this ship together. That's what the church is. The church is where we get together and we love upon people when they're dealing with their issues and the struggles and when the water's coming over their sides, we get the bucket and we start pelling them out. We start doing all that. And then better yet, we get even better news when we get to get into the boat because we know where our hope is because of the boat that we're in. You know, it really messed me up when I read through the scripture and God was, was just like, you gotta just focus on one thing. He says, there's more than one boat that we're going in the same direction. But only one of them had Jesus. There's more than one boat that was going across the lake. But only one had Jesus. Let me tell you right now, I've lived my life with Jesus in my boat and not in Jesus' boat. And I can tell you right now the reassurance I have when I'm walking in Jesus' boat and I know that the storms are coming and I'm holding on and I'm like, okay, Jesus, you're right there. I trust you. And when I'm in the other boats and I'm like, Jesus, where are you? I'm going to drown and I'm watching the boats that I'm metaphorically living in, sinking, and I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm all a mess. And then I'm like, Peter, I'm like, Lord, just call me out and I'll walk upon the water. And he doesn't ever call me out, but... That being said, but the truth is, there are multiple votes that are going in the same direction. Let me tell you right now, there's multiple churches that are going in the same direction, but some of them don't have Jesus. Some of them are not really listening to it. They have great worship. They have great, great influences. They have great messages of, that'll give you a pat on the back and make you feel good for two seconds, but they don't have Jesus. The same is true in the world. Everybody's like, oh, I'm good, I'm great, I'm perfect, I'm all this and a bag of chips. i got to stop that right now. I'm, I'm, I'm perfect. Come listen to me. I'm a guru. I can do all this. And we're going in the same direction. And we're all going to die at some point. Because we're all going in the same direction. We're all going to the grave at some point. But if we don't have Jesus in the boat, let me tell you, Jesus calls us into his boat with others around us to give us the reassurance and a hope that we're not alone. 
The church is meant to be not allow us, be, allow us to be alone. It's meant to be the nourishment. It's meant to be the encouragement. It's meant to be so much more. That's why in Mark chapter 4, verse 37, it says, A very bad wind came upon the lake, and the waves were coming over the sides into the boat until it was almost full. Matthew 8 and 25 says, The disciples went and woke him, and he says, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. The truth is, they weren't alone. They were looking at each other in their own despair and their own struggle. They were all trying to figure out how to get through the situation. I'm sure they were looking for buckets to start getting the water out as fast as they could. But what we found out is, in the church... We're all going to have the ability to help out, whatever. But we have to always go to the original relation of our life. The cosmic force that's always with us. The one thing I love about the church, this church, is the fact that when people walk in, you know what they always tell me? It's like a family. This church, people walk in and they say, it's like a family. And I always wondered that. That's one of the things I felt when I walked into this church. I met every single one of you, and I was like, Y'all are just like my grandma and grandpas and my moms and my dads and my cousins and my, my other, the long-distant cousins and all that other stuff. But it's like walking in and it's family, and I've always wondered. And it's because of the heart of what God is doing in every single one of your lives as he's trying to draw something forth. That's what the church is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about where we can go and find a hope and a true longing that God is with us and for us and through it all. That's why I, I, I love how we even went through so much tribulation in this church. And you guys have held together. Let me tell you right now, going from Elm Street to this church was a, a tribulation, and I'm sure. You're like, do we really have to move buildings? We were just comfortable with this other one. It was perfect. It had this. It had, it had these chairs. It was all this and everything like that. And yet you guys said, okay, we'll go. And then better yet, the, 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 the hardships of when, 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 when Pastor Mitchell passed away from all those sicknesses and stuff he dealt with. You guys held together. You loved the Mitchell family like you could and did everything you could to get them through the storm of this life and every aspect. You see, God has called the church to be exactly that. That's what a real relationship looks like. One that's rooted in God but connects with every aspect of it without trying to hold on and cover everything that's wrong with you and saying I'm real and I love you nonetheless and I love you in your realnesses. You see, that's what it is. We're in the boat together. We're all riding in this ship together, going down the other side of the lake, waiting to see the mighty my by and by and get into the glory of, of God's heavenly gates and we get to walk through it all. But we have to realize that we are all in it together. And even though the storm looks mighty, it's not the final awe. Let me tell you, just to be real, so many times we get situations where it seems like we go to God in prayer and he's not listening. See, the disciples went to Jesus because he was sleeping. How many times do we feel that God is sleeping in situations and uncertainties? But in all the stuff we have to realize is that God called us into the boat. And if he called you into the boat and he got in the boat with you and he's riding along with you, that you have a reassurance that you'll get through it just fine. It may not look like what you want it to be. It may not be like you want it to do. But the truth is that God is with you. Job chapter 7, it says, How long will you not look at me, nor leave me alone until I swallow my spit? If I sin, 
what do you, I do, or what do I do to you, you uh, watcher of mankind? Why have you made me your mark? Why have I become a burden to you? The truth is, the storms are always going to be big. The burden's always going to have to get a little bit heavy sometimes. Life isn't always rose-colored. Lord knows, it's got a journey that's, that's so everlastingly long. Hurts and issues and struggles and loss and things. But what God has been trying to tell the church, this whole series that I've had on my heart, is he wants a real relationship. He wants all of you. He wants all the anguish, all the pain, all of it. He wants to be the source of it as the cosmic God comes in and ministers to you. You know, there's been seasons in my life where I had such anxiety, where I thought I was having heart attacks and all these things, and I asked God, God, just come and show me you're real. And he came and wrapped me in this spiritual blanket of comfort, and it made no sense. It was in my realness in the relationship that the cosmic God, the God that spoke the heavens and the earth and everything into place, met me in those moments. It's in that real relationship that God's trying to touch the church today, but not just touch the church, to touch others through the real relationships you have with others. You see, we got to keep asking people to get into the boat with us. we got to keep asking God, God, what can I do to get others to start looking for you? I keep seeing them in these other boats, and I keep looking for life rings to throw at them and try to get them over here to this boat. But we have to ask them when they're on the shorelines a lot of the times. Because the storms will always get people panicky, and they'll start looking for hope, but they will never reroot it in them. We've got to start finding them when they're right where they're needing to be. And let me tell you right now, God's not sleeping. I don't know who needs to hear this, but this is something that God says I have to say today. God is not sleeping. He's preparing you for, uh, and those that are in the boat with you. He's getting you ready to not only understand that, that, that there might not be enough in some seasons, but that the ship is with you and he's going to guide you through it and he's going to give you the ultimate hope. The hope that will get you through every single situation you've ever encountered. And his name is Jesus. God is not sleeping, but he's already sent his son. God is not sleeping because he, he's already acting. He already knew in the beginning that he was going to send Jesus to be the ultimate source. And he already knows the final outcome, so he's not sleeping. But you've got to hold on to the real relationship that will only be found in him. And where you'll find the confidence and the, the, the ability to withstand anything that comes across your boat. Not everyone in your life that's riding the boat with you will always be with you. Not everyone that's in the boat with Jesus is always going to keep staying in Jesus' boat, which is sad enough. But as long as you stay in the boat with him, you have the hope and the truth that the real relationship that will get you through anything will move you beyond where you're at today into your future tomorrow. But we have to hold on, and it's even greater than you'll ever imagine. I don't know who this message is for. If you'll stand with me this morning. My relationship is not perfect, but I'm real. It goes further beyond wherever I'd imagined with God because I'm real. 
And that's all he's asking of you. Be real. Be hot. Be open. Be transparent because he knows it all. But you have to let him be the Lord of it all. So if every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know who this is for. I don't know what you've been encountering or what you're dealing with, but if you don't have a real relationship with the Father and you want to accept him in your life, just raise your hand. If that's you online, just let us know, text message, whatever. We want to know who you are and how we can pray with you too. I got one hand in the house this morning right there is an honest answer, and I'm thankful for it. Is there anybody else? Okay. Let's just go ahead and say a prayer. This prayer means nothing if it's not from your heart. But say it with me, everyone. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Lord, I want to be real and transparent with you. I'm a mess, but I need you to be my Lord and Savior, to let me get in your boat and ride along this journey of life as you lead me. So as I declare with my mouth, and meditate on it in my heart every moment. I am saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if you guys have any prayers this morning. The altars are always open. We want to pray with anybody that's hurting and needing an issue. But if you want to go ahead and go to, that's fine. But let me go ahead and just open this pr- final prayer real quick before, as we get ready to dismiss. Father God, Lord, we praise you for who you are, Lord. I thank you for the God that, that spoke everything in motion, Lord, that, that called me to come out and be a, a state of being, of a real relationship where I hold on to you, Lord, and where we all cling to you, Lord, in everything that we have. Lord, let us climb into the boat of this life, Lord, that you called us into. Let us be joined together with others around us, Lord, to see you edified through all of our real relationships, Lord. And let us walk boldly where you called us to be, Lord. Because, Lord, we know that in the final ending, Lord, that we have the ultimate authority and we have the ultimate hope, Lord, that we'll get to spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So go church. Be the church. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go and see somebody. Talk about Jesus. Because that's the only way we're going to see lives transformed. In Jesus' name. Amen. I love you all.